Good evening and welcome to episode 61 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. It's the Tuesday edition of the show. And of course, we have a jam-packed lineup this evening where we'll be exploring different things that come to property. And the thing that we're talking about, of course, this evening is certainly important if you're a property entrepreneur or an aspiring property entrepreneur. I'm sure many property investors uh, who've been watching the show know how important it is to run your property like a business. It's certainly something that we emphasize time and time again. And to help us better understand some of the tips that we essentially need to make sure that that property business is in fact a success, especially when you're looking at commercial property. We'll be joined this evening by Mahatza Gekana, who's a junior portfolio manager at Tough. And we'll be exploring, you know, firstly what Tough is. I know a lot of you have heard me, you know, mention it and certainly say that they're, uh, you know, one of the institutions that you could potentially go to for funding. We'll look a little bit about what they are, um, the work that they do, how they go about funding their entrepreneurs, but also some of the success stories um, or some of the traits that they've seen in some of their more successful entrepreneurs. But before we get started with this evening's conversation, we are, of course, running our competition where we're asking you to tell us all about your city. Want to know? why you love your city, you know, some of your favorite hangout spots, whether it's your city, your town, your village, we want to hear all about it. You're also able to send us your pictures when you're telling us all about your city and what stands out uh, for you about it. And all you need to do to enter that competition is, of course, follow the link right here below. We've posted it and you can follow the prompts and share with us what you love so much about the city. And you stand a chance of walking away with two 1,000 Rand cash prizes and we'll be announcing those winners next week, Friday. So all the best to everybody who will be sharing their stories about what they love about their city. Now for this evening's conversations, we're certainly looking at what to do when you're the boss. Tips for commercial real estate entrepreneurial success. Makata, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks so much, Sama, for having me. So I think, you know, the, the first probably place that we should you know start at is what tough is we've certainly uh i've mentioned it on different episodes right here in the private property podcast we've actually interviewed one of your um entrepreneurs uh don't be totally uh, in one of our okay. earlier episodes who's done exceptionally well you know she's got a block of flats in bloemfontein and you know shared her journey with tough and and you know has been praising singing your praises uh, certainly when she was on the episode with us so to our viewers at home if you missed that episode do catch it uh it certainly gives great tips uh, from somebody who is a property entrepreneur themselves and how they went from buying, you know, an apartment to ending up buying an actual block of flats. So, Makata, what exactly is Tough for viewers at home who are unfamiliar with um, the work that Tough does? Okay, thank you. Um, Tough is a commercial property financier. Uh, we finance small to medium entre um, enterprises or individuals to purchase, refurb, and convert properties in the inner city. Um, we have a footprint that spans across the country and we are based in all the major metros across the country. Um, our heaven office is in Johannesburg, uh, which is where the company started and which is where I'm based. And, and perhaps tell us a little bit about, you know, you're saying that you, you, you certainly finance, um, you know, small companies, but also entrepreneurs. What exactly are, is the criteria? So for viewers at home who are thinking, okay, I've potentially seen, you know, a small block of flats that's in the inner city that I might be interested in. When they approach um, TUF, what are some of the things that TUF is looking out for? 
Okay, so the first thing Tuff is looking for is for fit uh, for that particular entrepreneur or enterprise. Um, Tuff has what we call a character-based lending strategy, um, which means we look at the character as well as the kind of the background and the tools and abilities of the, the person that's behind the deal. Um, the second thing we look at is the commercial viability of the deal. Um, so does that make commercial sense, i.e. can the loan that we give you um, be paid back by the income generated from this particular property um, that you are looking at? And, and then perhaps, you know, Matlati, let's look at then one sort of the steps that uh, an entrepreneur would be walking as they approach tough. So I see a block of flats, let's say, in, uh, in the Joburg CBD, and I'm interested in, you know, certainly raising finance for it. Let's assume it's 10 million rands and I come and approach tough. What are some of the things that um, you'd be asking of me? And because as you're saying that it's you use a character based lending strategy, um, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about that, because I'm sure viewers at home are also thinking, OK, we, we know certainly a lot of banks look at your credit score, they look at your financials, you know, bank statements. Uh, it's certainly the first time on the show that uh, you know, our viewers hear uh, that concept. So perhaps you know, explain it a little bit to, to us. So character-based lending is basically looking at uh, one's character and what their competencies are, i.e. what is their background and the particular deal that they're looking at, does that fit with the particular background that they come from? Um, we wouldn't want to necessarily give a startup client one of the biggest deals. Um, and also we wouldn't want to give somebody who's well-established um, a loan that's kind of for a start-out type client. Um, that's kind of the basis for character-based lending. Um, when somebody approaches tough, it's generally they have a property that they have seen. Um, they're interested in getting finance for it. We would go through a feasibility with them um, and assess the viability of the project in terms of the potential rental income, the construction costs associated with it, um, the purchase price and also how much equity uh, that particular individual has. And, you know, so Matthias, I mean, certainly one of the, the big things that uh, as, as a property entrepreneur or certainly people who are looking to, to go into property entrepreneurship is they want to probably find out what are the most successful uh, property entrepreneurs doing right. So when you look at some of the entrepreneurs that have walked through your doors and some of the deals certainly that you have financed, perhaps take us through then some of the things that they are doing right. Because this is, of course, where we want to look at those tips uh, to help people who are exploring commercial real estate um, and buying sort of more than one property uh, or rather more than one unit, like an apartment, you're essentially looking to buy the whole block. Um, and after the break, when we go to a break, I actually want to even look at one of Tuff's other products, but I'll tell you a little bit about that uh, later on. So what are some of the you know, ingredients, would you say, Matate, are uh, stand out in terms of some of the more successful entrepreneurs that Tuff has backed um, that our viewers at home can take and learn from them? So I'd say the first starting point um, is to buy correctly. Um, so buy at the correct price. 
um, buy a, a, a kind of building that suits what your risk appetite is and what your capabilities are. Um, that's that's kind of the starting point. Um, we, we find that most entrepreneurs um, who are successful are very kind of street level. They are well networked. They have a network of uh, real estate agents. They have a network of developers and financiers. Um, you know, a lot of platforms such as private property, uh, they provide a basis for clients to start looking at properties. Um, but it's only really when you start engaging with your peers and fellow entrepreneurs that you start finding what a good transaction looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important thing that you mentioned. I mean, we, we certainly know that your, you know, your network is such a rich place to tap into in any business, you know, not only in the property space. So when you buy correctly, so it's properly priced, it's probably done, you know, your research, what are other, you know, things that you essentially need to consider as you're you know, exploring different deals? Because I think certainly when you want to go from buying apartments, um, it's easier for you to, to do a comparison from one apartment to the next because they'll be you know, similar in price and they're in the same area. Um, and even when you want to, for example, set your rental price point with just one apartment, it's easier to do a comparison. It's obviously a very different ball game the moment you're looking at buying a whole block of flats. Uh, so beyond sort of buying correctly in terms of you know, making the right decision, what are some of the other factors that entrepreneurs need to be mindful of uh, so that they're able to, to get the best deal and make sure that they even bring the best deal um, to tough when they're looking for the financing? Uh, I should probably mention first that it's, it's quite difficult to find a very good deal in the inner city. Um, so many people will come with a, a few deals before, you know, eventually becoming successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few things to look at is just do your market research, um, i.e. what can a unit achieve in that particular market? What are the vacancy rates in the market? Um, what is the purchase price per unit in the market? Those are very good things to have on hand. Um, I think it's also good to mention that we, like you mentioned in the beginning, we are able to walk you through the journey. Um, So somebody who doesn't come with the complete package at the beginning, we are able to assist you and where you have shortcomings, uh, we'll try to put in a measure in place to try assist you. Uh, For example, if you're not a very big um, property owner or landlord, we have a whole database of property managers, building managers, et cetera, which we can recommend and take you through um, kind of the management of the building as a, as a company. Um, you, you know, Matata, we're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back from our break, we're going to take questions and comments from viewers at home. But I also actually want us to explore uh, one of the products that uh, Tough launched, I think it was last year, Mastandi, where the financing is for, um, you know, back rooms in the township. I know certainly those of us who live in the townships, uh, we know that, you know, people build back rooms and rent them out. And over the past few years, that's been a growing market where people are now building more luxurious uh, back rooms or bachelor apartments, as as we now call them, in the townships. And how 
A, you know, sort of tough is essentially finding that and what they're looking for um, when they're looking to fund that one, but also look at some of the mistakes to avoid. I mean, we've certainly been focusing quite a bit on what to do to get things right, but what are some of the mistakes as a property entrepreneur you should be avoiding, uh, whether you're looking to invest in the inner city or looking to invest in the township economy. We're going to go for a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be taking your questions and comments with Mahatsi Pegan. Welcome back to episode 61 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzaman Dongwa Kumalo. This evening, we're looking at what to do when you're the boss. Tips for commercial real estate entrepreneurial success. So we're talking to all the property entrepreneurs or even aspiring property entrepreneurs who are certainly looking at not just buying a one apartment, but we're looking at people who are looking to buy the blocks of flats uh, and, and really, you know, shake things up certainly in the uh, property portfolio and to help us better understand what we should be doing and avoiding when we're looking at commercial real estate. I'm joined this evening by Mahata Kekana, who's a junior portfolio manager at TAF. Now, you know, Mahata, I did say that you know, before the break, one of the things that I certainly wanted to, to look at is let's look at the mistakes to, to avoid. I mean, we certainly looked at what we should be getting right, even as we are searching. You mentioned before the break that buying correctly is quite important. Um, you know, whether it's getting the right price point, uh, doing our market research with that particular building, making sure that we understand the numbers that go behind a particular building. What should we be avoiding, especially for new timers? Because I certainly get a sense that, you know, as more and more people are waking up to property being a potential avenue for them, uh, we're trying to learn as much as we can about how to you know, grow a portfolio or even venture into property. What should we be avoiding when we're looking at wanting to be successful in running our property businesses? Okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, um, it's very difficult to find a viable deal. Uh, it takes you know a few tries before possibly landing one. Uh, so I'd say not to get attached to a particular deal um, because, you know, not a lot of factors uh, go into any particular deal. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the character-based lending, um, the viability of the actual property um, and the market in which the property finds itself. Um, secondly, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, who are very successful are very close to their businesses. Um, many people will punt this as kind of a passive income um, 
business that you'd want to go into, uh, which I probably wouldn't agree with. Um, it needs you to be kind of hands-on and treat this as if, you know, it's a business on its own. I think those are the two that I'd stay say for now. And and before I actually go to you know questions from viewers at home, uh, I see you, Lavendran, as well as Simpia, with your questions. We'll be addressing them shortly. Let's touch a little bit on uh, Mastandi. You know, I, I know it launched last year, and certainly quite a number of people were were excited about it. Tell us a bit about what Mastandi essentially is. Uh, Mastandi is actually coming up on its third year now. Um, oh, okay. And the first the first projects broke ground in 2018. Okay. Um, initially, as you alluded to, it was designed as a kind of a backroom uh, strategy for township uh, property owners. Um, as time went, we saw that that was a market as well as people who just want to develop, you know, entire blocks of flats, um, which is quite a growing market uh, in the townships. Um, it, Mastandi is one of our uh, group uh, companies in the group. Um, the pilot was launched in 2017 and is just uh, being phased out now currently. Uh, so it's a fully fledged product. Um, you know, there are many uh, running projects uh, within Soweto and Spreadview. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's really becoming um, gaining a lot of traction and seeing a lot of interest. Yeah. So, of course, taking your questions and comments at home, if you're certainly a property entrepreneur or an aspiring property entrepreneur and looking at different ways to raise finance to you know fund your property deals, do send through those questions. Uh, first question uh, coming in from Simpiwe Sangweni, who says, can Tuck let us know exactly how their areas work? I once applied for property in the CBD and I was told that the street is not within their area. Um, I think you'd have to specify what street that is, um, but we are largely based in inner city and near nodes. Uh, so if you look on our website, you'll see all the areas that we are based in. I'm not sure which uh, area Simpio is based in, um, but you can find that all that information on our website. Um, I suppose maybe what Simpio dealt with is uh, for example, he wasn't maybe in the CBD of the particular area. For example, if you're in Germiston, uh, not all parts of Germiston are considered inner city or CBD areas. There's the more suburban and affluent um, types of areas. Um, another question coming in here from our YouTube uh, viewer, Carolyn Mbele, who asks, would TAF consider an application if it were previously rejected by the bank? Do they consider individuals' credit profiles? Okay. Um, so, Carol, yes, we do uh, consider individual credit profiles. So, we do FICA as with any other financial institution. Um, whether or not the deal has been rejected by a bank, uh, they have a different lending criteria to what we have, so we could definitely consider that. Okay. Uh, and another one uh, coming in here from Lavendran Pillay, who asks, are there any area restrictions as some banks have declined some areas? Uh, so Lavendran, we are in a city, um, and so we don't operate outside of inner city and near nodes. 
Um, so yeah. And 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 then perhaps Makati, let's you know look at the uh, Mastani because as you were saying, uh, you you certainly operate in the inner city. Mastani would be looking at you know certain townships. Are you open to townships sort of across the country? Are you only focusing right now in certain townships uh, within, for example, the Gauteng area? So Mastandi has two footprints. Uh, one is here in Johannesburg and the other is in Cape Town. Um, so Cape Town also has uh, also seen some success in gaining traction. Um, it's a small company, but growing. Um, and so as the pilot is being phased out, we'll be more than open to expand the areas. Uh, we're taking another one from another comment, this time saying uh, from Level Up Dawn on YouTube, saying this this is a great topic. Personally, I've uh, shielded away from commercial real estate, but learning about tax existence is making me reconsider. And I think it's you know certainly one of those things, Matati, where people uh, typically think that when you want to access um, home loan financing, we go typically to the big banks because that's where we think we should be going for financing. And as you venture into certainly being a property entrepreneur who wants to buy beyond one unit at a time and looking at blocks of flats, uh, you start having a very different conversation, uh, not only with banks, but certainly wanting to explore different financial institutions. Perhaps before we round up our conversation, you know, what are some of the, I'll say, key things you, you want, particularly people who are about to start off, because um, I think those who've, who've been at it know how to, you know, structure deals. Earlier you mentioned, you were mentioning how it just takes so long uh, to get a viable deal. And, and I think it's certainly something that people probably uh, take for granted. What are some of the things we can do to almost fast track getting that viable deal? Um, because, I mean, you can do the research, you can go into private property, look at the different blocks, but what exactly can we do better uh, for us to put together the most viable deal even before we, you know, approach a TAF or any other financial institution? Okay. Um, firstly, I think a lot of people would share the same sentiments as Dawn. Um, when you think about commercial property finance, it seems like something that's quite distant. Um and I think companies like ourselves make it quite accessible to, you know, somebody, a common person on the street. Mm. Um, with regards to what to look for, uh, for somebody who's new to, to property finance, I think it's important to interrogate um, kind of the facts. Um, so interrogate what reasonable uh, property prices go for in the market, rentals in the market, um, what kind of vacancies and bad debts uh, clients experience, uh, what are your operating costs in terms of council billing um, and maintenance, etc. Uh, don't take, you know, something that's advertised at face value um, and think, you know, that's kind of the price uh, for us. On the financing side, we try to get the best possible price for any particular property. So it's in, important for entrepreneurs to do the same and um, kind of, I don't want to say push it, but um, push prices as far as they can. Uh, it just adds to the viability. I mean, I, I certainly remember uh, I've, I've, you know, sort of walked the journey slightly with Tough and interacted with Tough on a few occasions. One of the things I, I, I picked up was 
uh, you're quite prudent in the rental projections because oftentimes as entrepreneurs, you almost want to operate at full vacancy, um, thinking that you'll always get full vacancy, whereas the estimation certainly from the financing side on your side is slightly yeah. more prudent um, when running the feasibility of the deal. And I think if anything, going through that process, I certainly learned that whatever you think you're going to make almost reduce it significantly and see that, let's say you're reducing it by 20%, um, whatever running costs add, because you, you probably haven't done the best estimate, especially when it comes to things like maintenance, um, or certainly when you have to, you know, refurb the particular uh, block, yeah. add, add a margin on it that you higher than what you currently have, and then see if the numbers still stack up after that. You, you yeah. tend to find, we, we take a very optimistic view, uh, wouldn't you say, Mashatsi, as entrepreneurs, uh, when we are presenting yeah. a deal? So what we encourage is just being, you know, conservative uh, and realistic. Um, we'd rather look at kind of the worst case scenario than the best case scenario um, yeah. and factor in for that. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's what, you, what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. So for example, we, we currently use a vacancy rate of 5%. So um, if entrepreneurs would generally project things on maybe 100% uh, full vacancies, um, we'd like to take more of a conservative view, add in bad debts, add in fluctuating operating costs, um, conservative rental increases over years, etc. Uh, we've got another question also from YouTube, this one coming in from Bella Zaza, who asks, hi, can Umastandi finance other townships like Lombardi East? I have a vacant stand interested in building a block of flats. Would Umastandi finance that? Um, it would be difficult for me to answer that, uh, given that we've just come out of this um, pilot phase. Uh, but he's more than happy to engage with us. I think we've had quite a number of inquiries in the area and we'd be happy to, to walk him through it. Okay. Uh, we've got another one from one of our regulars, uh, Howard Mwegetzane, who asks, would TAF consider a multiple well-researched properties in multiple blocks um, and not necessarily the entire one block, but units in multiple blocks? Would they consider structuring a deal to cater for that and have one repayment model with an inclusive interest rate, say 10 units in multiple blocks around the same CBD area? I like this. Okay. You can see how it right. is a deal maker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how would, uh, what we require if you're purchasing in a sectional title scheme that you at least own 50% of the units in the scheme. Um, secondly, we look at deals on a, on a property by property basis. So we would be able to consider multiple deals, but they would be all seen on their own. Um, they would have to stand in individually on their own. So essentially, on, on Howard's uh, you know example, if he's looking to buy, uh, let's say, ten units in one block of flats, uh, he would essentially need to own fifty percent of that particular block. Then you consider financing the ten units in that block, and the next yeah. block would be a separate deal altogether. You wouldn't essentially clump them up and make it one deal. Yeah, so uh, I think what Howard's uh, alluding to is kind of a um, borrower type lending. We look at deals on a per building um, basis. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and another one here from Roseanne Moodley, who says, how would you know what is best to buy, uh, when it's the best time to buy a price of property? Sometimes it might look, so essentially what, how would we know um, when is the best time to buy and at a particular price? Uh, because sometimes, you know, certainly a building might look a certain way and you might not get the best sense if that price point is the right price point for a building. I think it's certainly easier when you do desktop research uh, for an apartment, but it, it's a di completely different beast once you do blocks of flats. I mean, the due diligence on that is quite stressful. So how, what's the best way certainly for, the newcomer entrepreneurs to, to do their due diligence um, themselves as they are putting that deal together? I think to answer that question, it's, it's difficult to know when is the perfect time. Uh, you always know when the perfect time is in hindsight. Um, so you have to look at the surrounding factors. So what are the rentals in the market currently? Uh, what are the interest rates? So we know that interest rates have been cut uh, significantly um we are heading towards a buyer's market and so prices should be more negotiable um so those are the kinds of factors you have to take into account it would be difficult for anybody to say that um a month from now is perfect versus you know a month back uh from today uh we've got another question here um which is coming from Latina Zwaeli, uh, who, who asks, can Tav consider a person who wants to build a block of flats, Egasi? Uh, yes, certainly. Um, I was mentioning before that Mastandi initially it was envisioned as a back, backroom type product. Um, but as time went, we saw that there's an appetite for people who want to do that. And in addition, want to build blocks of flats um, in, in townships. So certainly we would. Uh, and, and I'm actually going to do, you know, follow that up as I'd say, you know, what kind of certain projections would you be looking for in an area like that? Because we certainly know that certain townships, um, the, you know, the, the growth in them in terms of property is quite significant. Perhaps newcomers might not be able to best access some of that data. But as a financier, what are you looking for when somebody has identified a piece of land? Um, and essentially, whether are they bringing a business plan? What does that business plan have? Because that is a completely different ball game to you know certainly like the inner city uh, where you are able to do a better comparison. You're not building a building from scratch. Uh, for the most part, you're probably doing a refurb. I know, for example, one of the big tips that um, Tough certainly gave me when I, I, I went in and assessing different you know, blocks of flats was you also want to try out one that doesn't need a lot of refurbishment, especially as a first time um, deal, because refurbishing is a completely different beast on its own, especially when you're looking at you know, trying to refurb uh, an, an apartment block that costs, let's say, $3 million to refurb. So even managing you know, a $3 million budget can be quite strenuous. So when you're looking at financing an entrepreneur who's identified a piece of land and perhaps having a conversation with the seller, what are some of the things that, as a financier, you're essentially looking for um, before you even finance that deal? Okay. So uh, to first-time or beginner-type entrepreneurs in the space, uh, I would always suggest to them that they look at refurbishments 
before they consider things like a new build or a conversion. Uh, simply because there's less complexity in that um, building costs are somewhat more man manageable uh, and it requires kind of a less uh, skillful or experienced entrepreneur. Uh, that's the first part of the question. And then the second part of it, um, construction costs are more or less fixed. Um, so regardless of where you're building, you pay you know more or less the same. Um, so if you're looking at a property, let's say in the townships, um, the, again, the, the major thing will be the price that you're paying for the, for the land that you plan on developing. And before we wrap up, Masatsu, um, any final tips you certainly have for viewers at home, whether they are slightly more seasoned uh, when it comes to their entrepreneurial journey or they're certainly looking to start off the property entrepreneurial journey. Any final tips you have for them uh, in order for them to you know, best succeed in their entrepreneurial ventures? I'd say establish networks, uh, firstly. Um, interrogate purchase prices. And thirdly, be conservative in your estimates. Thank you so much there, Masate. That is Masate Kekana, who's a junior portfolio manager at TAF. If you want their contact details, we have shared them down here below, whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, and you can contact them directly should you want to have a conversation. I certainly, uh, you know, one of the things that I quite like about TAF is that they're very open to even having a conversation with you before you found that particular deal. And once you have, they're also walking that journey with you. So really is one of those things that you, you certainly want in the early stages of your entrepreneurial uh, journey. So thank you very much to Mahane Kekana. And of course, that does bring us to the end of this evening's show, uh, which has been quite insightful. I mean, I know a lot of us are looking to venture into property, uh, certainly as an entrepreneur and perhaps even doing it full time. You're seeing different opportunities in the area that you live in and you want to take advantage of them and fill that gap as much as possible. So do, of course, go to privateproperty.co.za under the advice section and you know, read up certainly as much as you can so that when we come on air, you're able to ask the best questions certainly to our guests. That's it, of course, for this evening's show. Remember, you can participate in our competition where we'll be announcing the winner next week, Friday. And all you have to do is tell us why you love your town or your city. You know, share with us what town or city you're living in, what you love about it so much, or if there's a particular feature that you love about it. You're even welcome to share you know, pictures of that particular feature and you can enter that competition in the link that we've provided below and you stand a chance of winning one of two 1,000 Rand prizes that we'll be giving away right here live on air. Well, folks, that's it from me, Zamantu Mwakumalo on the Private Property Podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow evening at 7pm and as always, stay home and stay safe. Besides the beautiful beaches, sunny skies and how central everything is, what I really love about Amshlanga is the people. You can't help but become immersed in the culture, 
and you'll find people connecting in the most authentic spaces. It's just got this vibe to it. It's hard to think that only a few years ago, these business parks and homes were mostly sugarcane. The rate that this area has been developed at is truly mind-blowing. Especially with the fast pace of life these days, we really pride ourselves in being that bright spot in a person's day. You'll see everything from advocates and CEOs to creatives and students who pop into our spot for that short moment to escape. There's just so much life and energy in this area, and after a hectic week there's nothing better than stopping in at Mount Edgecombe Country Club for a relaxed round of golf. beauty and serenity that their state offers really inspires me. There's honestly no place I'd rather live. That's my Amshanga.
tips for dealing with the bank. So perhaps you're renting in a property where it is run by a body corporate. Understanding the basic calculation, income minus expenses, and you want to be left with a positive income. It is a very tough game, not easy at all. To stay ahead of um, knowing exactly what what your clients need, what, what their teething issues are. Have a joint live-in inspection. That a lot of people that are coming into sectional title, homeowners associations, are just like you described, first, not only first-time homeowners, but first-time owners and residents in community schemes. They get to see the perspective from the other side of the aisle. And I think that's a really important thing to do. It's a market that's estimated to, to, to be transacting at least 9 billion rand per year. So it's a huge market. In order to get there, you need to be able to build up a track record. Your cash flow module needs to be sharp. Um, a, a quote comes to mind. The best time to buy a property was about 10 years ago. The next best time is now. Yeah.